So I'm reclining on my chair now. Oh, and awesome. immediately Momo has risen to the occasion and is now sitting on my belly, purring at me. Say hi, Momo. Excellent. Well, I can almost hear a purr, I think. Awesome. That's the content that the people want. Yes. Cat purrs. I'm not sure hey, that'll Dave, come through. Awesome for, to for see to hear you. Awesome to hear you too. How's it going? Pretty good. How was your Christmas? Yeah, yeah, really good. Very, very quiet, chilled. Uh, but that's the way we roll. So quite nice. How about you? I had the most amazing roast beef and I got a tiny Lego spaceship from the Star Wars series. Ah, brilliant. And the the person who gifted it to me had crossed out the ages six and up and yep. replaced it with a sticker that said ages 38 and up because I turned 38 two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Have you built it already? I haven't. I haven't. Oh. But at some point uh, soon, I will just have a sit down and maybe, you know, uh, I, I probably need like five, six bowls. And then record yep. the whole thing as a time lapse, and then it'll, <laughs> it'll, it'll be built over like several days or weeks, even. Yeah. When you build Lego, are you one of these people that like just puts all the bits in the middle, or do you sort them by color or what? I'm always curious. Okay, so when I built Lego as an adult, I usually build these very large sets. Like for example, I have the huge Lego space shuttle. Yeah. Um. And for those, what I usually what what they're usually organized already. Like you'll have multiple bags. You know this, of course. Yes. Um, yeah, you yeah. have multiple bags, and the bags have sub bags even. So usually, too, yeah. what I will do is I will put each sub bag into a bowl, and that's that's just the right level of organization for me. Like I need to put them in a bowl so like nothing scatters off the table, or I don't yeah. miss anything, or they don't mix. But Usually that's enough. Like sometimes when there's like a very repetitive thing, like for example, the Lego Saturn V has this these these cladding on the outside, and they're like super. Like there's a part that's like super repetitive, and you need to f find the same piece. Yep. I want to say ten or twenty times, and for that I kind of I started like just getting them out and sorting them after a while because I was like, okay, I'm going to build this like 15 more times. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's just make, optimize the process a little bit. Turn it into a con construction line. Yeah. Right. Uh, we, we do the, the sorting by color thing largely because my youngest Liam, mm -hmm. he's, um, he's very big on, on doing that. Like, so when we, when I build, I often build with him. Mm -hmm. Um, and he'll sit there and his job is to then take that mass of bits out of the bag even though it's like it's a sub bag or whatever in a bigger set, um, and he'll he'll sort it into colors, um, and that's that's fine. That's his technique. And then one of us plays piece finder, and the other person plays builder, and we sort of mix it between each other that way. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. And it's also like I mean, if you're playing with Lego with kids, then it's like it's like it's their show, right? I mean, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. If if they're not having fun, then you kind of failed. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But when I'm building one of my sets, I, it's kind of like the rule is very much like um, I'll keep I'll keep building, and he comes comes and goes to sort of oh, okay, join me, uh, which is quite sweet. Um, yeah, yeah. But we use the um, the Lego Instructions uh, app, 
oh, okay. uh, for the iPad. Uh, you can get it on the iPhone as well. But I think I've seen um, that before. Yeah, we started using it because I bought one of those Lego Ideas sets, and mm-hmm. it didn't come with instructions. It just had to scan this code and use the app. Oh wow! Uh, okay, that's actually feels like a bit of a shame, but um, let's roll with this. Especially like in the- five years' time, when the the app won't work anymore or won't have that that um, that building instructions manual anymore. Yeah. I think you can get them as PDFs, but there uh-huh. is a bit of paranoia there for me of like, I should probably download this and put it somewhere. Um, but uh, the the app itself is actually really quite good. Um, and it's good because you can rotate the pieces in 3D. Ooh. So you get to sort of see the, the, the instructions, like normal Lego instructions, but then you can, um, you know, pan around the the structure uh, zoom in and out and highlight pieces and stuff. And you do, you know, like when you're building Lego and some of the colors look very, very similar. Oh yeah. That like helps the dark me grays for that. and the blacks yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Basically any Lego Batman sets a minefield. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And I find, um, I find the app is really good for me to sort of make that distinction. Um, oh yeah, I get that. So yeah, and I can zoom it in and out, so it's helping my my older person eyes, which becomes quite quite apparent when I'm building with my son. Uh, <laughs> is he is he like way better than at at picking out the right colors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, well, "What are you on about? It's at that piece. It's this." And I'm like, "Is it okay?" <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, I'm not that blind, but uh, the the app helps. The app definitely helps. Awesome. But uh, anyway, enough about Lego. This is a show about um, iOS and indie app development. Uh, it is. Everything sort of all around that. And Daniel, before we started recording, we said we were going to kind of do a bit of a year in review. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think let's kick it off. Let's, let's start talking about 2022, the year that, nearly was we've got a few more days yet of the year before before we're done uh but by the time this goes out i think we'll be about there uh all right so how did the year start for you i think if we think about sort of january through to march maybe yeah first that? quarter first quarter, yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then you tell your first quarter and then we can move yep. on yeah okay, so the first quarter was a bit um huh it was very different because um, Alex had a knee surgery that went pretty bad and couldn't le- really leave her bed for weeks and months at a time. And then when she could, like she needed a lot of care and like driving to That's um, right. driving to doctors and stuff like that. And excuse me, I got I to scold my cats. <laughs> you lean back once and they start fighting. Um, anyway, like there was a lot, uh, of, uh, like a lot of my time spent during the first quarter was basically doing that. And of course, uh, programming on telemetry deck. And also I, I remember being kind of bummed because I was planning on biking a lot. Uh, uh, and actually to 2021, I have biked multiple thousand kilometers. Yeah. Um, on my bike <laughs> and I, I, um, I haven't even broken 1000 this year, um, for various reasons. 
but um and like towards the end of 21 i really wanted to cross the alps and that kind of kind of didn't work out for various reasons some of which was the weather and then alex and then also like just like work i had to do for telemetry deck yeah and so yeah i was it was kind of uh, uh not the best start into the year uh but as always uh with um spring coming also my mood kind of kind of shifted upwards towards the end of the first quarter because um yeah because it was uh because it gets it gets warmer and the air gets clearer and it gets lighter and like the birds are chirping you know and <laughs> yes that's, that's just really nice and i, and I think guess in around that-, that time we also started podcasting didn't we I, I for- completely forgot when we actually started. I think it was like the end of January this year. It's like January the twenty something. Let me find it because mm-hmm. we definitely have it as a as a thing. So because that's season three, season three, right? Season three, yeah, yeah. So we started this season three on January the twenty seventh. That episode right. went out. Yeah. And that was super exciting for me because I didn't know could that work? Like, can yes. I can I talk English all the time? And uh, do I have chemistry with this? Um, are people from New Zealand? Are they called New Zealots? Uh, New Zealanders or Kiwis? But I feel like I'm kind of <laughs> almost still not able to call myself one yet, even though I've been here for like the last five years. Yeah, um, yeah. Anyway. Um, but I'm like, for me at least, I hope it's the same for you, but for me at least, this was a very much a successful experiment I'm en- and I'm enjoying this podcast tremendously. Yeah. Yeah. Likewise. Um, it's, it's been good to find somebody else that I bounce off um, very well with when we speak. I mean, I had that with, with Dave Knott in season one, as it were. And then season two, I was sort of freewheeling and interviewing people. And the interviews were good, don't get me wrong, but uh, a little difficult for me to sustain because you have to get into like a a booking mentality with booking mm-hmm. people in. And then that chemistry thing that you talked about is variable on episode to episode as well. Right. So unless you're somebody who really, really likes interviewing for the sake of interviewing and getting that out of people, then I think it's quite difficult to sustain because I, I found that tricky. Uh, everybody I had on was brilliant, but every call is different and finding a groove, uh, takes a bit longer. And then obviously having a co-host, you've got conversations to fall back on as well after a point, you know, and you've got ongoing, ongoing things that you're talking about and stuff to, to kind of link back to and that sort of stuff. And then when you, you're friends with that person and you get on with them very well as well, it's, um, it's, there's no difficult no difficulty in just tr- jumping on a call and talking like we are so yeah totally I've, I've really enjoyed it like kicking off season three at the start of this year was was brilliant because i was pretty sad to sort of feel like the podcast may actually be reaching a bit of an end mm-hmm. and i think if we hadn't hadn't sort of got together as co-hosts then i think that may well have been been it for me after a point at the beginning of this year yeah so I get that. It's, it's been awesome to uh to connect get together and make this what it is now it has yeah i i i really i really love it like even even then even if we like every now and then we kind of 
push an episode episode backwards for a week or something because like just life gets in the way. But um, every time I sit down with you, I'm just like, oh yeah, I'm gonna take talk to my buddy Dave again, and that's just amazing, and I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's been really really cool to have that, and yeah, we we started that off at what the end of end of January this year, and we are now at episode twenty. So awesome. We've not quite been every two weeks. Um, there's been some variability for sure, uh, but I think we've done really well as well. Oh yeah, I'm I'm very proud of us. Um, by oh. the way, like I'm just looking at the list of episodes, and our th our third episode together, we already interviewed someone. We interviewed uh, Will Bishop, who was who was we, building Pestle. We did indeed. Yes, that was yes, a fun was episode. Back at the end of February, that one went out. Um, it was great having Will on the show there, actually. That was, it was interesting doing an interview with, with two co-hosts and mm -hmm. a guest. Uh, but I think we did we did pretty well. And he spoke all about his um, his apps, obviously. But then the fact that he was living on the road at that point, um, traveling by van. <laughs> Amazing. Ah. All right. So how was the first quarter for you? First quarter for me, I'm trying to think back. And if I look back at our episodes i see some indications of what was going on for me but at the start of the year january through to march i feel like i was floating quite a bit in mm -hmm. terms of what i was working on and if i look back one of the things i can see is that at the beginning of the year i referred to something i was calling project magnum and i was messing around with video streaming here and there And I was kind of quite hopeful of having something quite interesting in terms of a, a new app and a prototype and this, that, and the other. I think it's fair to say that Magnum died a bit of a death around about April time, May time even. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's still there. I've still got the code on ice. I've still got the ideas there. But um, it was an AR-based AR idea that doesn't quite have the technology yet to do what I wanted it to do. Um, and that's all I'm going to say on Magnum because Magnum was secret in the first place. Uh, <laughs> um, but I'll probably be, be coming back to that later in the year in one way or another next year is, is my kind of plan. So awesome. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. It was fun. Um, but, uh, again, moving on, cause that's, that's kind of, like I said, died a bit of a death, but beginning of the year, there was that. I was starting to try and get GoVJ2 together again. I've been hacking on GoVJ2 uh, since, I think, September, October 2021. So it was already in flight um, across that part of the year. But again, I hadn't really picked up any speed. I was still messing around with prototypes and stuff um, for this other app idea. So a little bit all over the place at the beginning of the year. Also, outside of uh, indie apps and that side of things, I was um, in my previous job, uh, which was at a company called Snapper, and that was going pretty well. I, I was um, fully living that sort of coach, mentor kind of life in terms of, of what I was bringing to the team there and looking after the people that that I was there to manage. Um, and that, that was pretty cool. I was doing a lot of sort of teaching of, of iOS concepts and that sort of thing too. 
Um, and I noticed from our show, some of that spilled over into the show. So I think I started talking about um, async await in our very second episode. We went from being, yeah. hello, this is us. We've got our apps all the way down into the weeds of this is a Swift techie code bit and started talking all about how that was working. And I think it's fair to say async await has flavored my year in terms of my own apps and how I code. Oh yeah, I, I totally get that. Yeah, yeah. It's um I sort of feel like I'm I'm always writing async await code now. And it's kind of my default for anything that's anything that is likely to take a bit of time to process or whatever that that probably should be asynchronous. It's like fine, and just slap a a uh, an async on it make sure it's working in the right way and then all of a sudden the uh, the bit that was calling it then needs to become um async await based as well so working on a task or or whatever and before i know it most of the app is working that way yeah it has a so, way of infecting the its surrounding code bases in a very good way yeah yeah for sure and like I say, I don't want to get too much into the weeds on the on the code on this show, but uh, not right now today. But um, yeah, async await has definitely been a a flavor of the year for how I code. So if I think about it, that was that was me sort of like I say living my best coaching mentoring life, and uh, then also playing with a lot of async await code kind of getting OVJ going, but still not really committing because I was working mm-hmm. on prototypes. Yeah. And then conversely to you who headed into spring um, at the end of, of that first quarter, we headed into winter and the days started getting shorter on this side, but that's, that's what we would expect. Um, so yeah, we kind of hit March time bracing for the Kiwi winter. Um, yeah. How was the next quarter for you, though? How did things go from sort of March into June? Oh, Q2. Q2 was all about investments. For me. Ah, yes. Um, this had already started in the beginning of the year, of course, but I was actively talking to, or me and Lisa were actively talking to angel investors who would who were interested in like, putting a for startups, small sum of sum of money into our company, and this really heated up during during March, and then began like a three month period of just revising, then finding out something about someone or some law or some constraint that we had, and then having to go back to the lawyers and like throw it all away and like revising the the whole contract structure again Oof. or then someone would say like hey uh this needs to be structured in this way and this needs to be defendable against this accu- accusation and stuff like that and then or it needs to be compatible with this with this state funding so we can like get even more money or like the state would give us something on top and we had a falling out with one of the would be investors who is now not an investor, of course, but that <laughs> changed things again. And then we had others that were, that were coming in very, very late. And we were like, seriously, we were seriously um, expecting the investment to go through 
April or June. Yeah. In the end, it was like September 15, <laughs> maybe. Uh, right. And it was like, it felt like the end of a marathon for me. And in that time, I wrote about, I want to say five lines of code. <laughs> and I'm really happy that this time is is over in a way that we're now having like at least a bit of a financial runway so I can actually concentrate on the actual product. And I'm really seeing the results, by the way. Like, um, like I, I'm seeing the output of new features and that's really cool. But yeah, that time yep. I... I, I, I kind of felt like I've, I'd become an amateur lawyer and I'm actually <laughs> like for an amateur, of course, like I'm not a lawyer and I never want to be one, but for someone who doesn't do this for a living, I feel like I'm surprisingly comfortable with uh, legal texts, at least right. if they're not written in a way to actively obfuscate them. Yeah. Um, I can usually get like the gist and I probably won't find all the little like details or stuff like that without the help of a proper lawyer who's educated on these, these kinds of things. But I'm usually pretty good of like getting a feeling of like, okay, this is how the, these parts fit in together. And this is where there's like some kind of conflict between, I don't know, part one and part three and stuff like that. Yeah. And that was really helpful because I would like print out these contracts and then like mark them up and like be like hey this is actually like this part says something and this other part says something else and they like don't they can't coexist in this way for example and that yep. was really helpful and i used up a lot of printer paper in that in that time too <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i'm oh, glad wow. i did it but and it, it worked out in the end for which i am very grateful but whew, that was a an exhausting time yeah. Yeah, I remember talking about it with you at the time as yeah, well. You knew, you knew way ahead, of course, but we couldn't we couldn't really really talk 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 to the world about it as long as uh it was still everything was still like in flux, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think when we were catching up for the show, we were kind of very much having a a pre show talk where you sort of give me the the inside loop on things in terms of how it was affecting you. Uh, but then we couldn't talk about any of that until you were done and dusted um, yeah. with with things. Um, but yeah, it was a definitely sounded like a stressful time. Uh, obviously, it's all come <laughs> together now, but uh, I mean, you didn't know that I mean, then. It's just what needs to be done, right? I mean, I could just get a job. Yeah, I want. I want. Apparently, I seem to be. I seem to be wanting it the hard way, but that's just what it is. Um, <laughs> over to you. How was? Uh, the second quarter of the year for you. Yeah. Second quarter of the year. If I think about March into April, at least I realized project Magnum needed to be put down and I, I started refocusing on go VJ in my spare time. And, uh, that started to pick up a little bit of pace. So I, mm -hmm. I had, um, the, the bones were there then at that point in terms of what the app was doing. And I was starting to find time at weekends and, and evenings to to sort of get it going again. And I don't really want to talk too much more about GoVG actually at this point because it was July, so next quarter when I actually shipped. There's a bit okay. more to sort of say about that then. Uh, <laughs> but uh, what I did find is that, um, yeah, March. March was a... 
a big deal for me outside of of any of this um, in my personal life because that was when I got sick, mm-hmm. um, and that was we believe it was COVID. Um, the rats were testing negative, but my my doctor has kind of said, given everything, if it wasn't COVID, you were very very unlucky with something else. Uh, but the end result of that has been that since the sort of end of March going into April, at least I have had a lot of like leg pain, um, and inflammation problems that I think is long COVID. Um, again, labels probably don't really matter at this point. I have been left with, with pain. Uh, and that quarter certainly started to sort of the reality of that started to become obvious to me. And that was probably the biggest deal over that that point in time because you start off like, eh, this is a thing, but maybe I'll be all right in another week or two because, mm-hmm. you know, COVID sucks and all these symptoms and stuff can be a thing and then they can go. Uh, and then, yes, yeah, certainly by the end of the quarter, <laughs> it was becoming apparent that eh, it's not gone yet and I'm not getting better. Um, yeah, and actually I started to, deteriorate a little bit over that time in terms of sort of physical capability as well because of it i remember i was still going to meet up with some running friends but i was walking Mm. um, and i was managing that and yeah i kind of can't manage that so well in the same way now so um yeah that quarter was was a big deal um oh yeah but i don't want to get into the doom and gloom of it i'm i'm managing the symptoms managing the situation as best i can and i've been very very fortunate in that i don't seem to have the brain fog in quite the same way as as people have described being a major problem oh yeah i can imagine yeah very very grateful i can still do my job pretty damn well actually like that's you know i sort of lean into everything that i can still do Mm. uh and coding and anything on my computer has definitely become a massive outlet because again, that's something I can lean in and into and do. And it doesn't seem to, uh, to tire me out in the same way as say going for a run would do. So, yeah. uh, yeah, like I say, not gonna, not gonna say, oh, poor me or whatever. Others definitely have it a lot worse, but, um, the frame for the sucks. rest. I mean, you oh, can gotcha. say that it sucks. Yeah, yeah, and it does, it does. But I, I can also say, certainly in terms of, you know, especially about what this show is about, I appreciate and very grateful for the capability I still have. Uh, yeah, and that's, um, yeah, that's, that's that's a big deal. I think I'd have been a bit lost if this wasn't the sort of thing I enjoyed doing. You know, if I was. Oh yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. So uh, def- definitely lent more into online life and uh my coding capabilities in that quarter but if i look back at our shows and what sort of seemed to happen (laughs) yeah towards the end of may things got bad and i needed a a time out from work and i wasn't allowed to touch my computer my wife said no you need to rest uh, and I yeah, didn't we see, have an episode that's like called banned from touching your Mac or something like that? That's exactly what I'm looking at. So S3 <laughs> uh, episode eight was that banned from touching my Mac, uh, where, yeah, like I say, my wife almost literally said, you're not touching your computer while you're resting. Um, once well, I was 
recovered in that week as it was at the time, um, and my Mac was unlocked again, uh, I fell into Mastodon and the Fediverse. So if you remember, like, May time was mm-hmm. when it became obvious that Musk was really making a proper bid for Twitter. Um, I think it had been rumbling a bit just before that, and then stuff sort of came to that to a head with the actual offer. Uh, and it looked like it was going to go through, and a whole bunch of people, myself included, went, oh, we're going to go to Mastodon. Screw that. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of went, I'm going to Mastodon. Screw that. But also, I still really love Twitter. And I was sort of one foot in both worlds at that point in time. Uh, but that marked the beginning of me um, setting up my own uh, instance, as it were, over on my own um, domain. So I set up social.davidgarrywood.com and uh, had a Fediverse account there. I wasn't using Mastodon at the time. I was using another server software called Pleroma. Uh, Pleroma's not quite for me these days, um, so I've switched switched to using proper Mastodon now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, in that that second quarter was the beginning of my slow, maybe not so slow, uh, <laughs> descent into the Fediverse. Uh, ascent. Yeah. Ascent. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that, was, that was sort of Q2 for me, like ill health, a bit of everything, getting back into GoVJ2, and the Fediverse reared its head. And I think I'd be in and out of the Fediverse probably up until October time. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, which is, yeah, which is a journey a lot of people have been on this year, to be fair. Um, so, Daniel. Yeah. Next quarter, getting into that weird so Q3 we're, that I can never quite remember exactly which month so it is. Q3 is like <laughs> June, July, August. Yeah, there we go. Or is, is it... It's July, no. August, September, I think. Oh, okay. It's got to be, yeah, because then we've got oh, yeah. November, December for the last one. Right. Um, so I think at the very end of Q2, but maybe at the start of Q3, I got a M1 MacBook Pro, and it was amazing. And this is my desktop computer, and I was for for now, like mm-hmm. and my like traveling computer and it's the fastest machine I've ever owned. And it has a telemetry deck sticker because it belongs to the company, of course. And I love this thing. And I think that started somewhere, somewhere around that time that I got this machine. I'm not 100% sure. Um, So that was really cool. Um, Then still lots of lawyer stuff. There was all all kind of going on in in the background um also we had um wwdc yes and that was exciting uh in both like really good ways because like you know the developer community came together and also i did take part in a social thing that i'm going to tell you about in a second but also it was kind of anxiety inducing for me because what if apple just suddenly announces like built-in analytics in the app store for every app or something like that, because then yeah. I can kind of close shop, right? <laughs> um, yeah. No, no, we have like, we, I think we have like a, a few more years and by then telemetry deck will be so specialized and cool that it can coexist with whatever Apple offers or something like that. Um, yeah. 
so that was kind of anxiety inducing and i was i remember watching the the de developer state of the union with like just like every time like the slide changed or like craig <laughs> federighi was introducing something else by flying through the air or whatever i was always like please no analytics please no analytics <laughs> <laughs> and kind of at the same time there were also the first inklings of various new privacy laws and um lawsuits that were going on in the european union that yes they were pretty pretty good for us actually uh, because they were all like towards more privacy that make actually a lot of people uh, discover telemetry deck so um thank you max schrems who was the person introducing these lawsuits against google basically um other than that i remember being like the time being um like we talked a lot about VR headsets, I think, and AR headsets. Yeah, there was a lot going on at that point in time that sort of seemed like we might be getting, um, might be getting the fabled Apple glasses. Yeah, yeah, there was certainly a, a burst of rumors, and and they're always they're always on their way, right? They've been on their way now for a few years. Um, they will they, launch at the same time as the Apple Car. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You'll need them to drive the car. That's oh, uh, <laughs> because it's, it's got no windows. You need them to sit outside. Um, yeah, because Apple would never have windows. Uh, oh, oh, sorry, oh. sorry. <laughs> David Gary Wood. I am yeah. disappointed, and also I'm elated, but like I'm <laughs> going to pretend to be disappointed. It was a bit of a dad joke. You're yeah, such a dad. Sure. You're such yeah, a dad. True. I am a dad though. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember that point in time for you though, because I'm looking at the episodes again and I can see <laughs> that you um you had a diversion with a a clackety keyboard, a loud keyboard. <gasps> oh the, um, the what was it called? It had this horrible name. It really did, didn't it? It was like the piece of crap one point or whatever it was. <laughs> I was yeah. trying to remember what it was. Um, anyway, anyway, yeah, so you destroyed your keyboard, you bought a cheap clackety one, and then come July, you were back on a magic keyboard, and must admit, I'm slightly jealous, because you've got the one with the fingerprint, with Touch ID. Oh, I can uh, very much recommend it. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I've am i been sat here, having to reach across to my, my MacBook. Ugh. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like an so, animal. <laughs> like an animal. <laughs> oh, but I can very much recommend it, especially like now that I finally switched back into the sweet arms of one password again, because mm -hmm. uh, for the company, we wanted to try LastPass. But after yep. the whole security debacle they've been having, like I've, I've switched back to one password and I've changed a lot, actually most of the passwords and keys over the yep. last few days. And now I can finally just unlock with my fingerprint again. Because hey. one, uh, LastPass doesn't support that. Well, actually, right. LastPass just is unlocked all the time. Like, as soon as someone sits in front of my computer, they can just open LastPass and just look at my passwords, which is ridiculous in its own site. But yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah oh, so I think the keychain is better than, than that for that. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I, no, you had. Oh, that was not like that keyboard was really not good for my my wrists yeah no <laughs> i sold it i sold it to to um, my coworker charlotte and 
she's never she's never really used it either. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh. All right. Um so July, August, September. Go. For me. Right. So July, I finally got my self together um and um release go vj 2.0 oh yeah so that was a uh, that was, that was a, a long time in the me. making it was it was it really was because i've been talking about 2.0 uh, probably since 2017 if mm-hmm. i think about it like in terms of the ideas i had for it and what i wanted to do and just you know in 2017 we moved to new zealand so a lot of this stuff had to go on the back burner really um but yeah GoVJ2 was released and I flipped the um, flipped the business model from being one of freemium with an in-app purchase to being one that is it's free with subscriptions and an in-app purchase. Right. And that's actually been a really big deal. I was making probably anywhere between 50 and 100 bucks uh, US with GoVJ prior to that. And across August and September, I kind of played around with the um, the pricing because I've got like a, a monthly subscription, an annual subscription, and a lifetime in-app purchase now. And what that did, what that change did for me is that I could charge more effectively. So the um, the monthly subscription is the cheapest thing now. The lifetime is the most expensive thing. And compared to the old model, like the lifetime is effectively the same as the old in-app purchase uh, in terms of it unlocks it and it's unlocked forever. And between all of these things combined, I'm now, now these days, I'm making usually over 200 bucks US a month with it. Dad, it's really been bad. Yeah. And, and this, awesome. it's not just the business model. The app is better than it was mm-hmm. before. So people are, are getting to try it, play with it, and are obviously, you know, going, yep, I'll have that. Um, and I think that my conversion is, is better than it was before anyway. Mm-hmm. But um, there's more options. And, and everybody who previously bought it ended up um, being um, gifted the, uh, the newer pro version as well. So previous people could restore. Uh, anybody who has been listening to the show for a long time might remember that when I moved from paid app to freemium with the in-app purchase, I stuffed a few things up in terms of restoring previous users and got a load of complaints like, hey, I bought this. Why are you charging me again? Uh, and it was it was unpleasant. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, it took a little while for me to kind of resolve some of the, the complaints and bad feedback and stuff I had because effectively restore was there, but it wasn't working properly for a while. So to then pivot the business model again and actually have success and not have people yelling at me (laughs) um, has has felt like an achievement because that wasn't what happened before. Uh, So yeah, that was probably the biggest deal in Q3 for me in terms of indie apps. And then outside of everything, in terms of what I'm doing in my day job, I left Snapper in Q3. So right. I'm now now working for a big Australian and New Zealand bank. Uh, and um, 
slightly different job. I'm no longer really as much of a coach and mentor in quite the same way. Um, I'm now more of an engineering manager over there. But there's still those aspects to my job, and I've certainly taken all that experience from Snapper, and I'm employing it in what I'm doing there. Uh, and I've got a much larger team as well, so that's that's been quite a quite a shift in terms of uh, my responsibilities in my day job, the type of things I'm doing. You know, spending a lot more time in meetings now, really, rather than on the tools. Uh, and that's okay. That's actually really okay by me because I'm doing. Um, I'm doing well with what I'm doing and I'm finding that I'm sort of able to, uh, what's the phrase? It's, it's like I've reached a bit of a multiplier effect in that I can kind of get my teams to a stage where they're, they're working well together as a whole. And I've been able to do that in, in this new job. Uh, and that's kind of them means I can bounce between more things at once during the day as well. And I'm yeah, actually really enjoying that. that, you know, like, They've got their autonomy. They're working really well, and I can then go and sort different problems and fires out and all the rest of it. Um, so that's been a good a good shift for me. And and the other side of it is just that with having a day job where I'm not on the tools um, in the same way, then when I'm working on things like OVJ, it's uh, it's actually quite refreshing because I've not been in Xcode all day. So yes. yeah. Yeah, um, that that was the other big change in Q3 for me. I I remember when I was leading teams. I mean, I'm kind yeah. of leading teams, but the team is just very small right now. Um, uh, I, it was kind of the same, like because a lot of lots of people I feel like disconnected from the code, and they're like, "Oh, I can't code anymore." For me, it's just for me, it's more like as long as the product gets pushed forward. Yeah, I love doing that, and it doesn't have to be code. It can also mean managing the people creating the structure for them to really excel at writing their code and stuff like that yes yeah and i, I really enjoyed that aspect of it as well it's like you know if somebody's having a particular problem whether it's a, a people problem or a code problem you know if i can jump in be a sounding board figure out some solutions you know certainly in terms of the people stuff my my job usually requires that I'm then going and speaking to other people. And sometimes it's sort of mediating between what product people want and what developers know is feasible and all those sort of things. Um, when I can find success in that sort of stuff, I find it very, very rewarding. And I think having had the experience I've had as an engineer, as a dev, um, I kind of, I feel like I know the sort of problems I'm trying to fix if that makes sense as well. So it's mm -hmm. a case of like, I can put my engineer hat on and go, what, how would this work best for me in that situation? What would, what would I be requiring here? Um, and then put the manager hat on and I'm then in a position to potentially go and go and sort of help sort it out in some ways, because I've got the remit to go and do so. So, cause sometimes that's, that's, that's part of it as well. Um, although I will say in the place that I'm in, our engineers are pretty empowered as well. So, you know, the other side of it is, is whilst I can step in and help, I, I can also be the one to sort of say, yeah, go and attack it like this and leave them to it in one way or another. So, yeah, that's been a very, uh, a very good change for me. Really enjoying the team, really enjoying the, the type of work that we're doing. 
Um, didn't expect I'd be working for a corporate again. I kind of left my corporate days behind me in some ways when I was uh, in the UK. Oh, and no, you've, then, you've, then gone, you've gone full here. corporate. Yeah, yeah, full circle. Do you have Do you have a red swing line stapler? Uh, not yet. Not yet. They haven't oh. sent me one of those yet. The other The other aspect of this is that I'm working from home. Um, oh, that's and I'm, nice. I'm fully remote. So that's that's good too. Uh so I don't have to don't have to wear a suit and tie at my desk or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> Not that awesome. I ever really did. Um yeah, so that that's just been a good a good good thing this year. Um but I think that's me done for Q three. I think we we're bearing down on the last three months and the end of All the right. year now then. We're at October, November, December. Yeah. Um, so um, we did sign the investment papers, which was really nice because we suddenly had enough money to say, hey, we can just concentrate on on writing code and doing marketing and stuff for a few months. And that's really nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also got COVID, which Oof, sucks. Yes. <laughs> and I also have, I don't think as much as you, but I also have a, a lot of lingering issues still. Like I have the inflammation and stuff like that. And um, I'm like, my heart is, is not uh, like it used to be. Yeah. Like physically, I'm not, I'm not like heartbroken right now, I think. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, you talked about that already. Um, what I also did was, um, so we got this grant, right? We we won an an, an award from a government office that awards grants to startups, and we got this award because we we are we are incredibly in, innovative, innovative, innovative. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Um, but also because we're privacy focused, and just because we are really, really good looking and smart <laughs> and charismatic. And, um, so anyway, we got this grant and it's structured in a way that you can buy various things out of certain classifications for the company and then hand in the invoices and they will give you half of the money in return. But also you have to kind of uh, announce in advance what you're going to buy or spend the money on. Yeah. And, um, so we had planned to use a big part of that grant to pay for part of our lawyer fees and for some for boring reasons that didn't work out um we could still pay the lawyers but we just couldn't get half the money back from the state yep. um so suddenly we had like two weeks left before um the grant ran out so until the deadline when until we couldn't like sub submit any invoices anymore and we still suddenly had to very quickly spend 6000 euros <laughs> um and okay. i'm i'm very happy to say we managed to do that and it was very <laughs> nice hang on let me just uh, rearrange my windows on my screen it's very large it is huge this screen oh my god <laughs> <laughs> Is it 6K? So 6K it, it is 6K. It's also very bright, except in the parts where it's not. It's, it's just completely dark in those parts where it's not bright. Uh, I think uh, I, I'm, I'm hearing a bit of a flex here, Daniel. This it is, is yeah. Um, so thank you very much, Bavarian Ministry of Commerce, uh, for paying for the XDR. 
Mm-hmm. It is a very nice screen. I think it's kind of ridiculous that it doesn't have a webcam included. That you is can ridiculous, pay Apple, yes. You can pay Apple to buy a Logitech webcam that is made specifically for the XDR. It costs 250 euros and it attaches magnetically the t- to the top. Yeah. Uh, I elected to just go with my existing webcam that kind of just sits on top of the computer with this little plastic hook. It's yep. also a Logitech and it's half the price. Okay. Maybe at some, maybe at some point I'll get the, I'll get the overpriced one just because <laughs> of it looks nicer. But yeah, it's still kind of ridiculous. Anyway, um, what I also did was I took my bike trainer out of storage, but I kind of have only used, I only used it in October because um, I, I'm kind of unable to do sports right now. And I did a lot of work on the actual code and backends and frontend of telemetry deck. And I was, and like finally uh, during Q3, all the stuff that I've been working on has been, has been coming out. And I've, mm-hmm. I felt so proud to finally be able to like, Hey, look, this is, this feature is now done. This is maybe not done, done, but very usable and already very helpful. Yeah. Um, look at this, what we did. And, um, that is just so satisfying and it's so good. And also like communicating about this gave us a lot of signups because people saw that like stuff is happening and that we're yep. cool and interesting and like there's some, um, direction going on there. And I'm really hoping to, um, to continue that into the new year. That's awesome. It's all of that pent up, uh, dev engineering stuff that was kind of going on for you in Q2, right? Because you were doing all of the legal stuff. Um, yeah, that, and also, um, like I started this, all, a lot of this work in Q3 also, but it kind of just takes a while for the different puzzle pieces to really make it to the surface, right? Like things start yeah. in the various databases that we have, and maybe there's a feature there. For example, I have a new feature that is actually unannounced, exclusive on waiting for review, New feature reveal for telemetry deck. I'm going to make this public Ooh, tomorrow, actually. Okay. Um, uh, so back in, I want to say September or October, I was working a lot on the, the server move. Like we moved from server hosters. Yes. And during a rebuild of the time series database um, onto the new hoster, I was, I was playing around with the various options and like trying to like, performance tune it and stuff like that and i i i was i realized that oh yeah we can only store strings in there and that's kind of frustrating and the reason for that is that um the software the software that we use kind of needs a type but we can't find out in advance which types of data people are sending us so i'm just constraining it to all strings but that means you can't do stuff like like finding out an average number for over multiple signals for example if it's all if yes. it's all text then you can only deal with it as text. But, but so during that kind of move, I was like, hey, you know what? I'm just going to, because I'm going to have to write the schema anyway, I'm just going to add a field. I'm going to call the field float value. And if that gets sent, it will get interpreted as text or as nothing. If like, oh, it will get interpreted as a number or mm-hmm. as nothing if, um, if it can't, it can't get interpreted as number. Yep. And so that percolated now, that has percolated now onto the API server. So that now knows how to deal with the float value field. 
And just recently, I've also added it um, to the to the um, one of the SDKs, the Swift for the server SDK, so that now the API server can actually send with each calculation of a query, like how long that query took. And right. so now I finally have all the pieces and tomorrow I'm just going to release the version of the um, iPhone and Mac SDK that also allows you to send the float values. Brilliant. And so finally, now I can allow you to, to aggregate, to average, to find maxima and minima and stuff like that on numerical values. And that is really cool, but it takes a long time for all the different, um, for the different puzzle pieces, just for all the different building blocks to just stack on top of each other until they reach the surface and are kind of visible. That's great. And yeah, it does, it does take time for some of these things as well. Uh, there's a lot of, a lot of moving pieces there to sort of make all of that work. And, and not least of which as well, I know that when you were migrating things and bringing stuff across, it wasn't just a case of shifting from one server to the other. You were, um, expanding what it does in terms of you'd containerize stuff and then you were bringing stuff over into kubernetes so that it was distributed across a a whole load of um individual nodes underneath right um also we wrote a few parts of the system to actually fit into the container operator container landscape uh i added a lot a lot of uh unit tests and integration tests yeah stuff like that that's that's good stuff. You definitely seem to have been more in your your element at that point as well. Like, I think every time we've been speaking over the last sort of three months has been, ah, I've I've added this. This is going on. I'm adding this as well, and it's, it's been exciting to to catch up and yeah, it and hear like, about. It feels like we like there's more and more pieces that have a better foundation now. Like yeah, um, there's a certain financial foundation, and now also the servers and the server landscape are. At a, at a place where they're kind of safe too. Like there's a few, there's a few things that are still like kind of kind of sque- squeaky and stuff like that, of course. But it feels like now I can build on top of that. So now yeah. I'm just one layer higher, and so I get I can I can move way quick quicker. And that's as, that's just awesome. As a telemetry deck user, I've noticed some of this in terms of um, not just stuff I can now do, uh, but actually the speed and responsiveness has has it become really really good over the last last sort of few months really so as as you've made all these changes it's definitely um made it even better for me i mean i will see you're the worst case because you're situated on the very other side of the world so you have the most latency because i don't have a cdn or something right now yeah yeah exactly so um with with that i i think that's that's a I'm a testament to all the work that you've done, and uh, no, it's been great, great to to benefit from that. <laughs> you nice. know, I, log, I log in, I flip between things, and stuff's kind of just working, and it's like, yeah, this is this is groovy, this is good, um, and yeah, it was and working, you know, well enough for me before, but this is even better because I can now go uh, click that. What about that? You know, and 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 just move quite fluidly. Yeah, and that's what's what I've been hearing from a lot of telemetry deck users or would be users. Like, there's just a lot of paper cuts, and sometimes things are very clunky and stuff like that. Or, so like for example, one thing that 
someone told me recently when I asked their opinion about telemetry deck was like, um, like the, it seems to get more solid from the ground up. Like now the API and all the hosting and everything feels very stable. Also the way of like querying the API directly with the query language and stuff is like really cool. And now yeah. just, not just the user interface needs to catch up. So that's kind of the next, the next thing basically. Ah, that's going to be a, a 2023 thing. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Right. What about, yeah, what about your end of the year? My end of the year. Oh, hang um, on, hang on, sorry. Um, Mimi, Mimi wants to say something. Mimi? Are we going to get a meow? No. Okay, no meow. I'm sorry. Go on. Oh, never mind. Um, so, the last three months for me, uh, GoVJ is stable. Uh, the release has gone well. I've done a few updates to it since. I've added a couple of small features. Um, just adding, you know, quality of life stuff that people have asked for, which has been really nice to do. I've had support requests and I've been able to just go, yep, I'll do that this weekend. And then, you know, get the update out and later in the week, come back and go, oh, it's there for you now. Uh, and people have been really happy with that. So that's, that's, that's good. I like being in that awesome. space with the app again. Because for so long, I've been kind of going, yeah, this is version two coming out. So you're just going to have to wait. You know, that, that story's changed now and, and people are seeing proper responsiveness from me, which is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that otherwise, what else has happened? I released another app. I released my video to audio converter, uh, which I was going to call Vita, but then at the last minute discovered that there were other video editing apps or a another video editing app with that name. There's also uh, a PlayStation that, that's with that name. Yeah, I was less bothered about the PlayStation, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Again, by, by all means, send me a cease and desist, Sony. I'll make a blog post about it and change the name. Right, that's, that. yeah, that'll be fine. Because um, I think, like, I wasn't pretending to be a, a games console or anything with it. Um, so, yeah, I changed it to video to audio at the last minute in a kind of trying to sort of, optimize the app for aso as well it's kind of worked but it is definitely not selling very much at all really now um that's okay i I built this app in the two weeks between my my job change back in sort of august time and then it sat there for ages like you know unreleased and so to actually get that into the app store um in the last last uh, month or so has been really quite good because quite often I'll build these things and they sit there. Like I had a whole pixel art related app that you were playing with actually. At one oh, point I love that. Like, I love that prototype. Yeah. So that yeah, maybe I'll come back to that, but probably not because again, it's been a long while now. Uh, so it, it felt good to have a, another side project. And actually one of our episode titles back in November was side projects for my side projects. Because <laughs> that seems to be the story of my my life in the last quarter, uh, but we'll get to that. Uh, it's been good to actually release one of these things again as well, uh, especially because I had decommissioned uh, an app that I had before called AirSynth. Mm-hmm. That was a an app where you could control a synthesizer like a theremin using the um, the Face ID <laughs> camera. <laughs> Yeah, 
that was fun, but I was never going to maintain it to a level that would have been worthwhile at being a project, right? It was right. very much a novelty. So I actually got serious and took it out the store, took the website down, uh, and did the same for one of my earlier apps as well, which was called Holovid. And, and Holovid let you create like a four-sided video from a, an image or a video. And then you could put a plastic prism on top of the phone and the four sides of the video would reflect <laughs> up onto the prism and it would look a bit where, like a hologram. Where do you get a plastic prism? People were making them about wow. five or six years ago. People were making them out of old CD cases and cutting them with standing knives and, and gluing them together. Um, huh. I, I had a design that you could print and then you could use a piece of um, clear plastic um, to, um, like if you've got one of those sheets of, of clear plastic, you could then put the print on it and cut the design out based on that. And then it would fold and clip together. I made this whole thing where you could just cut it out with a knife and then bend it round, and you've got a prism connected together. Oh, okay. I, I always thought a prism had to be filled. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So it's not really a prism by nature. It's just four, four sides with, uh, with clear plastic. Right. Just but if it angle. works, I mean, that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. So, so anyway, you took uh, that down. I took that down. I mean, that app was fun. But again, it was riding the waves of a fad that's now over five years old, and I just was, I was no longer seeing any waves. So, um, you know, I'd sell like one of it every two or three months. So, yeah, that, that was good. That's actually really good for me. I've clearly got too many side projects, and to be able to take a couple of babies and kill them and take them out the store, as it were. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Don't kill your actual babies, please. Oh, God, no, no. Horrible phrase, really. But um, yeah, like this is a lot of indie developers have this sort of an issue. Um, if it's not apps that you should probably decommission, it's the main names that you're squatting on that you probably don't need, right? Right. Uh, so this this felt like progress. I released an app and I killed two old ones. Also updated the website for my apps, which is lightbeamapps.com. So that's that's been good. It's a really cool done. name too. Oh, thank you. And you did one other thing. You yeah. created an SDK. Yeah, I was, I was saving this for last. So my descent into the Fediverse really kicked up in October because that's when Elon Musk decided to actually become the CEO and the deal went through. Uh, the infamous walking into Twitter HQ with a kitchen sink um, video was around about then. And it became apparent that the legs were falling off Twitter as far as I could see it pretty much as soon as he was in there. Again, some people love Elon. You may be listening to this show going, Twitter's great. In my opinion, what he's done has, has been awful. And we've spoken about that on the show before. Um, but that tipped me over the edge into being full-time Mastodon all the time kind of thing. And as a result of that, I found myself wanting to build a client app, which, you know, me and every other iOS developer who ends up on Mastodon, right? Right, but, of course. Uh, what I was seeing is that there wasn't, um, I was hoping there would be like an SDK or something already there that I could just tap into and use. Uh, 
And at that time, there was, I think it was Mas- like Mastodon Swift or Swiftodon or something like that, um, that was old. It was like two or three years out of date. And um, there's a couple of open source apps as well. So anyway, got together with another iOS developer, um, Constantin. We've mentioned him before. Uh, he's pretty active in the online uh, iOS community. And um, we teamed up because we were both kind of trying to build this same bit, the data layer, the API layer, the bit you know that you're going to talk to to go and get all of the post data or whatever to to make a client app. And uh, we were both trying to do the same thing. So we came together and we've built Toot SDK, <laughs> which as of recording is not released, but releases imminent. We've got a private repository at the moment that we've had a few people beta testing it on. And we're just putting some finishing touches on one aspect of it at the moment. And then when that's there, we'll do an initial release. So awesome. That, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to having that out the door because once that's out the door, uh, hopefully we can start getting community contributions as well. Uh, the, the, right. the idea with this is that we lighten the load because if you've got a team of developers, as it were, whose apps are sitting on top of it, who will then go and fill out new features as they become relevant to them. Uh, that feels like a way of kind of crowdsourcing the effort. Yeah, so. I totally get that. And also, um, the the other developers can concentrate on UI, on app yes. experience, so stuff like that. So you don't have to write the same layer fifteen yep. times. Yep, exactly. And this is the thing, right? Is that from my point of view, I don't see other client um, app creators as competitors in this sphere. I mean, there will be that to some degree, right? If you've both made a very similar app, you're competing. But there's like this sort of plurality of choice or abundance of choice for the Fadiverse, right? Is that it doesn't matter if if somebody's got a kind of similar app because as long as they're you know unique in one way or another, there's a potential that some people are going to like one more than the other anyway. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm finding that with the apps I'm using, I sort of flip between one and the other for different features. Yeah, totally. And uh, and they're all like super good and fun and awesome. And also, even if something's competing, it doesn't have to mean they're the, they're enemies. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think there's going to be a bit of a boom and then a bit of a bust with client apps, I think, because what's going to happen is everybody who's got a bit of an itch to scratch or interest is suddenly going to be on this platform where, you know, you don't have to ask permission to join the access the API in the same way. You know, you're not asking Twitter for a, a developer setup or anything like that. Um, so it's open and it's not going to get taken off you in the same way either. And so you'll see all these different clients pop up. And then I think there'll be a bit of a sort of Darwinian thing where people um, lose interest. You know, like if you've made an app and then nobody's using it and you stop using Mastodon, you're going to stop supporting the app. So we'll yeah, see a totally. bit of that cycle over the next, probably over the next six months to a year. But and the also, idea, sorry, and also just um, the people at Tapbots are going to mm-hmm. kill about <laughs> 15 other Mastodon apps, I'm, I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah, they will. So they're making their app ivory. Uh, 
that's great. But but I think with with two SDK, what we're really going for is um yeah, that, that core of related apps that are using the the SDK who can then kind of support that layer between themselves. And then otherwise anybody who kind of has an idea for something around it, who's an iOS developer or a Swift developer, um, can take this SDK and just get started. And that's that's the beauty of it. We had somebody message the other day who's been looking at the beta who has then been wiring it up into into AppKit. Well, I've not tested it on AppKit, I'm afraid. That's not something we're supporting just yet in terms of how it works. But it's the data layer, so that's kind of not a concern in some ways. Oh, yeah. Someone write a really good Mac app for Mastodon. Oh, my Ex- God, yes, yeah. please. Yes, exactly. And then, you know, that could be our SDK that's helping them do that. And again, it means that if if we do this right, that like you say, they're focusing on the UI, they're not focusing on this layer. So that's been fantastic, actually, working on 2TestDK. Uh, Constantine's lovely to work with. We get on really well. Uh, we you know, bounce things between each other. And then actually, because I'm in New Zealand and he's in Belgium, uh, we get a similar thing to when we speak, actually, in terms of sort of, you know, the, 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 the time is out by 12 hours. But the other thing it means is that as we're working, the other one usually isn't. And then you can kind of go, right, I've took this to this level. Do you want to take take it now? And we've kind of been able to sort of bounce things between each other in that way as well. So that's that's been been quite a, uh, a fun bonus because I'll work on it in my evening, same as he does. And then, you know, like I say, we, we, we down tools. and uh, It's kind of like a game ping. of global ping pong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um so yeah, that's that's been good. And there's bits that, that he's clearly better at than I am as well, which has been good. He's he's sorted out some of the um multi part form uh posting Ooh. in the uh in the SDK <laughs> that I found They use when, they use multi part in the API. Yeah, there's bits that do. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Oh, um, I know why, because or like as Zoom Activity Pub is not a super new format, right? Activity Pub. Oh no, 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 no. Is the... so, so, so the API is is its own thing, and oh, we're not touching the Activity Pub part really. Um, so we're we're doing, we're talking to Mastodon that is then turning it into Activity Pub afterwards. Ah, I see. Okay. Yeah. All right, then I have no clue, and it's probably <laughs> a Rails thing or something. It could be. It really could be. So anyway, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff like that, that that he's been better at. And I would suggest there's probably been other things I've been better at as well. So we kind of make a good a good team in that way. And then when community support sort of comes in, if that comes in right, we could release this and nobody ever submits a PR or anything. Uh, but I kind of hope that people will get into it and then... There's, there's bits that we still need to get working and it would be nice if somebody goes, yes, I'm really into that. I'm going to pick that bit up, you know, and we can kind of move at a bit more speed in, in 2023 with it. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Speaking so, of 2023. Yeah. Go, go for it. What is your, what is your thing going to be? Or like one of the things for 2023, like don't go too deep. We're probably at towards the end of the show, but yeah. just name me one thing that you want to do or look forward to or something like that. Before we wrap up then, let's let's, let's talk about this. But uh, 
for me, hmm, I think I really want to build and release the client app that will sit on to, on top of two test DK that mm-hmm. is in my head at the moment. So I've got designs for it, uh, some ideas for it. it's all around, uh, photos and videos and kind of that aspect of the experience. So I sort of dubbed it um, like Instagram before it became owned by Meta, as it were, before that sort of pivot. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, the owner didn't really change. Facebook changed their name, but there's a marker at that point where Instagram seemed to go hard out on copy and TikTok and really killing its user experience in some ways. So... I've sort of said, oh, it's going to be a bit like old Instagram. The more I play with the design, the more I play with the ideas I've got, it's becoming something else. Uh, So I'm hoping to lean into that, make a good go of it and release it. Uh, And then otherwise, I've got a load of grand plans. I always do. Uh, But I think there's a bit of a reality check there. I would be very happy to increase my app revenue above that sort of 200, 250 mark. Don't think it's going to come from GoVJ. I think I'm kind of reaching a bit of a max that that can can do. Uh, so I doubt it's going to come from there. So there's going to need to be a new app idea, and it, it could be this Fediverse thing. Uh, but again, I'm unsure, because it depends on whether people enjoy using it and there's this whole other aspect to it, because it's not really... Um, how can I put it? So with GoVJ, I have made an app that solves a very particular need and fills out a niche. Whereas with the the sort of photo Fediverse client, the niche is unclear. I'm literally doing that because I want it to exist, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. Nice. And I'm okay with doing that, um, but I don't see that as being the thing that, that tips the balance necessarily. So at some point, I'm going to have to sit down and think about what's next um, beyond beyond those ideas. And so, yeah, <laughs> the one thing is getting that app out of the door probably fairly early in 2023, sort of certainly within the first couple of quarters. And then the other thing is to sort of focus in on, okay, how am I going to increase that revenue coming from my apps? Yeah. <laughs> That sounds like a good plan, and I'm, I'm so rooting for you. Like, hey. yes, <laughs> go. But yeah, I, I, if if I'm seeing five hundred rather than sort of two two fifty US mm-hmm. dollars a month coming out of my indie apps this time next year, I will be happy. And this time next year, I'll be going okay onto a thousand. Then let's see how quickly we can <laughs> build this up. Because the, my plan is to try and scale this over time. It's just, it's happening in spare time and in fits and starts. So of course it is. Yeah. So uh, how about you, Daniel? What, I, that, I had several things rather than one thing there. <laughs> so uh, feel oh, that's free fine. to meander. Um, okay. So a lot of the things are similar than yours. I want to, I want to uh, increase telemetry dex revenue. Um, obviously I have a few really cool features that are, uh, planned that I really want to work on. Um, starting with funnels, which is just the number one requested feature, of course, uh, out of which like many building blocks are finished under the surface now. Um, but one thing that I'd really like to try out, um, let's see if the, 
the pandy actually allows for it. But I want to travel a little bit more. Of course, mm -hmm. with the caveat that it has to be safe, it has to be responsible. Um, yeah. But I want to try and see if I can find the the energy, the time commitment to at least like visit maybe a few friends in the north of Germany. Um, as you know, I'm pretty into motorsports, so I'm actually thinking, is there a safe way to maybe go to Belgium, which mm -hmm. has my very favorite racetrack in the world and watch a race there is there a way of going to conferences maybe again because i miss them yes so it's going to be about exploring if that's possible there's there's people i want to see there's places i want to go to but i also don't want to have a like a second bout of covid mm -hmm. and i also need to be mindful of my my own resources in like financial resources, but of what mostly like mental health and time resources. Yep. So yeah, like I think that's going to be one of the the themes of my year, just exploring that. I think that's totally reasonable. Three years into this, trying to figure out what the latitude is, as it were, for you personally. I think that's yeah, that's a good thing. Uh, awesome. Well, I think we're both certainly uh pretty locked into sort of things we want out of 2023 uh, i think that's that's a good place to be at this time of year <laughs> of course 2023 is going to be all like da -da. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i wasn't going to go there but yeah yeah maybe <laughs> best lay plans and all of that <laughs> that's potentially a show title there actually best lay plans and all of that <laughs> oh yeah but uh no, so Daniel, I'm as always. We've reached a bit of an end of the show, and I think we should wrap up. We should, we should. You need to go to work, and I need to go to bed. Yes, well, no work for me because I'm still on holiday. But oh, okay. working on two test DK, yes, and uh, other family orientated things. That is good for this time. Even of the better, year. even better. Yeah, take the yeah. take the rest and the recuperation and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, before before we go, Daniel, where can people find you online? Oh, people can find me at daniel at social.telemetrydeck.com. That's my Mastodon name. Yep. Um, and also, they should really, people should really go to telemetrydeck.com and read about Telemetry Deck, which is awesome and nice and privacy aware. What about Absolutely. you? Absolutely. Yeah, so for me, I am David Gary Wood at social.davidgarrywood.com. It does feel like a mouthful that uh, when I, to read it out loud, but honestly, <laughs> once you just add me, it just works. Um, and you can check out my apps over on lightbeamapps.com. That was the, the website we mentioned earlier in the show. Yeah, and... Uh, also, if you are really, really interested in the sort of side projects for my side projects I end up in, um, I've got a website for my cat at steviebobbins.com, which I will oh my link God. in the show. I haven't checked too. it out yet. I'm going to check it out right after this episode. It, um, is, uh, it may well be, by the time anybody listens to this show, it may well be either taken down or in a state of flux. Um, but the idea is, is that I can post my cat pictures that I am mm -hmm. tending to post to my account on Mastodon 
on the website and it will then feed a Fediverse account that people can follow to see the cat pictures as well. Fantastic. So, yeah, so I, need, I think I need, I need, I need Mastodon accounts for my cats because they used to have a Twitter account and they still have a Instagram account. Yep. But maybe, maybe Mimi and Momo need, um, need a Fediverse account. I think they could, they really could. So, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm the guy who has a, a homepage for his cat in 2022, <laughs> but I'm, I'm quite secure and happy in that. And, uh, I post these pictures anyway, so it's nice for them to have a home. <laughs> so, and your cat yeah. is just damn cute. I mean, oh, she is. I'm biased, but yeah. Yeah. No, be proud of your cat and her cuteness. Oh, on that note, Daniel, I shall speak to you again next time. It has been a pleasure, and you probably need to release this up this this episode before the before the end of the year. I'm going to try. We'll see how okay. that works out. No pressure, listener. <laughs> you know if he succeeded or not. Dave, have a wonderful day. It has been an absolute pleasure, and hear you soon. Catch you later, Daniel. Bye.